Hey everybody, welcome to another Snacks of Life with me, Trina. And today I'm going to walk you through when my mom died. I want to get it out there because it's important for me to share this story. Not only for those who may be losing a loved one soon, but for those who have and maybe think that they're alone in this experience. If you're ready to hear my story, let's go. I haven't really shared this with anybody. I did kind of post about it on my Facebook page, but I want to share it with you guys too. January 3rd, 2021. My mom's been in the hospital since December 26, 2020. Yeah, the day after Christmas. She wasn't doing too well and she kept trying to wriggle out of her clothes and kept holding her stomach and moaning in pain. After an attempt to get her into the car so we could drive her ourselves and that feeling, we called the ambulance and they came and got her. I would video chat her every single day for hours at a time on and off, make sure that I saw her face, told her I loved her, laughed with her, and then I would group video chat my siblings in most of the time. But on January 3rd, the night before that, January 2nd actually, in the evening and through the early morning of January 3rd, my mom was having difficulty breathing and breathing fast. And they had called the doctors in and they wanted to do some MRIs and scans to check her stomach. She might be bleeding. They wanted to make sure everything was okay at that moment. I remember the morning of the 3rd, the doctor coming into her room and saying to my dad, and we're on video chat, and he had placed the phone on the windowsill, so I don't think the doctor at that moment was aware that all three of us, my two siblings and myself, were on a video call with him. But he told my dad, Sir, you have to understand, your wife is very, very sick, and she might not make it through the exam. But without hesitation, we wanted her to have the MRI done. So they took her bed away and dad bent over and kissed her and hugged her and said, I love you. And they rolled her out. And that was the last time we saw her awake. I actually had figured out a way to screen record, which I wish I could have learned. I wish I could have figured that out like way before that. But. January 1st and 2nd and the 3rd, I started screen recording on my phone, my video calls with mom. So I actually have a video of how fast she was breathing. It was rapid and she kept looking left and right at the ceiling. I don't know if she was unable to turn her head, but my siblings and I kept calling out to her that we love her and we're right here and don't worry, everything will be okay. And as they wheeled her out, we yelled, love you, mom, love you. But that afternoon, we learned that she didn't make it through the test. She bled out. And unfortunately, she was unconscious. The ICU doctor, we were on video chat with dad still, and the ICU doctor, director actually, come to find out, saw us on the phone he bent down 
to be level with the phone wherever my dad was holding it and said, who here is in Vegas? And I raised my hand and he said, well, you, you come down. You just tell the people downstairs that I'm the one that told you you can come in and your husband too. Without hesitation, I didn't even pack anything, no snacks, no extra anything. I just got my stuff and we headed there immediately. We were let in, bypassing people who were screaming at these nurses to please let them in to see their loved ones, where here we are privileged to be by my mom's side during her last hours. Went up to the ICU, and she was in a corner room, quiet, dark, and the nurses were so caring and so kind. They got us sandwiches and drinks when we needed it. And I remember when I walked in and just seeing her there, eyes closed, sleeping peacefully, it looked like. I went over and hugged her, kissed her, tucked her in, held her hand. I was on the phone. We were video chatting through the hours. I don't think I slept. No, I didn't. We spent the whole afternoon just staring at her and holding her, calling family, letting them know what's going on. After many hours passed, however, it was time for her to go into hospice. So the hospice care advisor came in, spoke with my dad, walked him through everything, And they had to discharge her, which meant they had to move her to a temporary room before they took her out of the hospital to hospice care or to home, whichever we preferred. And so we moved with her. And this was in the evening already, close to dinner time. We ordered sushi, ate with, you know, mom there and I ordered her favorites, hoping it would wake her up if she smelled her tempura. Unfortunately, she didn't. The nurses attempted to drop her morphine to see if she would wake up. It didn't work. They kept increasing the dose and increasing the dose to the maximum amount they could provide her legally. And we sat there after dinner, realizing that was the last meal we'd have with mom quiet still all on video chat together with my siblings but I was fortunate enough to be there to hold her to touch her hands to sing to her I played all the Elvis gospel music she loved the ones she used to play over and again in the car every single day of my life for at least 10 years (laughs) and I sang them all to her not skipping a beat I videotaped myself singing to her too because I wanted to remember and have that moment still somehow. I sang You Are My Sunshine to her. And it was hard to sing. I can sing it now, but for the first few months after she passed, I couldn't. But I sang it to her that day. And I didn't sleep the night of January 3rd. I slept maybe 30 minutes the entire time and I tried to have dad and Frank sleep as much as they could but I watched over mom 
called some family to let them see her on video to say their goodbyes so she could hear them. But then, her breathing started to become strange. There would be longer gaps between breaths and her chest wouldn't fall along with the breath she was taking. It was almost as if she took it into her throat and then her chest said, oh, there's breath and would jerk. (laughs) Once that happened and the breaths were getting slower and slower, I knew that it was almost time. And I was staring at her, wondering when I look, if I look away, will I miss it? Will I miss her leaving me? I looked down at my phone for a second. And when I heard the breath go in but not come out, I looked up immediately. And then I remember whipping my head toward the clock on the wall, noticing it was 10.14 a.m. And out of nowhere, it seemed, a doctor was there. I didn't even hear the door. A tall, tall man. In my memory, he was like six foot nine. Peppered gray hair, coat on, with a nursing assistant. Comes in to check mom, notices she's not breathing, verifies that she's gone and calls time of death 10.15 a.m. When in reality it was at 10.14. He apologized to us for our loss as if it was his fault. Quietly walked out and said he'd inform the nursing station. And we had to decide who was going to take her. So for four hours, we sat with her, holding her, kissing her, telling her we love her. Dad cried and cried, kept kissing her and hugging her, touching her face. We decided on a funeral home and waited. And somehow there was a signal mix-up and nobody was called to pick my mom up. Once that was straightened out, the people from the mortuary immediately arrived 30 minutes later. In the afternoon, mind you. And 30 minutes later from the four-hour mark, because I was watching the clock. 2.15 p.m. Everything was fixed, and by 2.45, they were there. And what was strange about the whole situation was how beautiful peaceful she looked as if she were just sleeping nothing wrong just quietly asleep I don't know what I was expecting but her skin was so soft free of wrinkles free of pain of anything she was beautiful In that moment in death, she was still beautiful. And when we finally had the heart to let go and walk out that door, it was very hard because I knew I couldn't look back. I had to be pushed out in the wheelchair and not look back. 
because if I did, I probably would have flung myself on my mom and told those men to get away from her. (laughs) But I kissed her for the last time with a face mask on because people were coming in at that point. Hugged her. Kissed her forehead and her cheeks. Said my goodbyes and we left. And that's how my mom passed away. She died. And it's funny because the day that she died and the days after, I was angry at the world. I would scroll through Facebook and realize my friends were still living their life. Work was still work. There was still stuff happening in the news and... (laughs) I irrationally thought, shouldn't the world stop? It should stop for my mom. If she can't live, none of us should. We should all stop where we are at right now. Because it's not worth living. That's how I really felt. And then a friend sent me a book. And it helped me through everything. And made me realize that... I'm going to go through the stages and I'm going to have to live with this grief and this pain for the rest of my life. So I better come to terms with it and accept it and have no regrets. And it took a few months. Some people, it takes years, but I have no regrets with mom because everything that we did together, she was my best friend. And her living here for 10 years with me were amazing. They were fun. She was fantastic. And we were attached at the hip when I was little anyway. (laughs) So I was lucky to have her. And I, I had her in my life for so long. And I was so lucky because other family members didn't have this opportunity like I did to care for her and be with her every day. At first, I regretted not going to the hospital, but how could I have? COVID, it prevented people from even being in the hospital. Heck, my dad being by her side 24-7, this, the last time she was there, was a, a sheer miracle. Because other families couldn't be with their loved ones, whether or not they had COVID. They couldn't be with their loved ones in the hospital. There were rules. And magically, my dad was able to be there with her. And then we were able to be by her side the last hours of her life, thanks to that ICU doctor. How fortunate. How lucky. How blessed. So at first, I had regrets of not kissing her, not hugging her the day that she went into the ambulance. But when I looked back at security footage, because we had a camera facing the living room where she slept, I saw that I did care for her. I stroked her head. I fed her coconut water and and ensure through a syringe before the ambulance came. I sat by her side. And sure, I didn't hug her, but she was in pain. And I had to remind myself of that. And all the regrets went out the window. I was free of that. 
So I was lucky to come to terms and to have no regrets. Some people aren't so lucky. They hold on. They try to look at the past and try to change it from the future, which is impossible and something I actually attempted to do. And that's why there were regrets. Because I wanted, in retrospect, to go back and change it so it was perfect. But nothing is. And that's okay. So that's how my mom died. And that's how I kind of got through it. But it's still the first year. Nine months on October 4th, 2021. And although I don't cry as much and I'm at peace with it, it still hurts. And it will for the rest of my life. And there's one thing that I liked with regards to grief. And it was a graphic. It's this dark, scribbled circle. And it's in the middle of the page. Nothing but itself. And that's grief. And then something circles it. And encapsulates it. And then that circle gets bigger and the dot seems to get smaller and eventually it's still there but it's so tiny you barely notice it. And that's what's going to happen as I move forward in life. The grief will be there but it'll get smaller and smaller in time. And that reassures me that I'm going to be okay and I have to remember that Even when I have days that I feel like the world's going to end because she isn't here. Even if I have moments where I break down and mourn her all over again. Because it'll happen. Grief is a spiral. It'll happen. I'm prepared and I understand that it's okay to cry like that. It's okay if I technically go back to square one. It's all part of it. It's all part of it. But the grief will get smaller in time. And at least I know that's a truth I can hold on to. To make sure that I don't lose myself as much. I am a different person since mom died. I can tell. But I'll be me again in time. Me minus mom. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this extra long Snack to Life with me, Trina. And I appreciate you listening to my story about how my mom died and how I am now. I hope I didn't bring you down too much. If I did, I'm sorry. But if you're someone who clicked play because you're going through the same thing and you were curious, know that you're not alone. No one ever is. Thanks for listening.